If you were married to Shirley MacLaine, what oh. film genre would your marriage remind her of? And how do you think you'd end up dying as a result? So whatever genre Blue Valentine is, as I... <laughs> <laughs> Just indie, <laughs> naughties fleck. Because Ryan Gosling, we've both got big chins, me and Ryan Gosling. And oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, some would say the similarities end there. I <laughs> beg to differ. Uh, <laughs> I've I, seen I, you I, stamp a guy's brains out on an elevator. So. Yeah. I've only done that like three times, but that's become my thing. And it's, it's hard to <laughs> shake that off once you do, do it three times. <laughs> Just like Ryan Gosling, look. <laughs> <laughs> also, quit, I can be effortlessly funny. Not all, most of the time, it's <laughs> effortful. Yeah, but then, you know, the attention does die off or, you know, mm. her her friend, her friend husbands would come back to beat me up. and <laughs> Shit, you get called, killed by all the previous husbands. Probably, probably. And if not... Ganging up. Yeah, and if not physically, then in spirit. I feel I feel that their <laughs> ghosts would continue to haunt me regardless of what anyone did. Ah, metaphorically, just in terms of the presence they have in the relationship, but also actual ghosts. But actual ghosts uh, invaded actual me, ghosts, making yeah. me do sexy things with my with my big pale body. Oh, you gotta love that pale body. He's a pale top. You get power tops. He's a pale top. It's kind of like having butter melted onto you. <clears throat> I thought you were doing a you know carrot top, or he's pale top. <laughs> brown hair so it's not <laughs> if you were pale top rather than carrot top would your impressions be pale imitations oh god let's get on uh, with the episode uh, you fuck Crying mostly. I'm Paul Hopper, Flint Anderson, Benson, Crawley, Salt. Uh, and uh, I'm your best mate, Paul. Hello. And it's back to the grind then. Oh, it feels just like yesterday when I was coming up with awkward verbs to describe how we interact with Recommendations Month. And now here we are, ready to jaunt nudefully through its Ooh. bountiful fields. Yeah, I'm going to break out the adverbs this month. Well, speaking of completely nude, this is a recommendation from our <laughs> fantastic beacon of, of wit and integrity patron mark reed who uh yep. as, it, as it just so happened this week upped his patronage pushing over the milestone for dnd roulette so it's going very <laughs> very well i feel like we're at the end of the episode already so um, this is going really very good for me <laughs> mark reed we, we uh we saw him once in the market and down lewisham market peddling his wares yep. oranges he said <laughs> various fruits of all kinds and we went over and touched them and went wait these are made of wood and before we could even say the material of which they were made he was gone as were our clothes oh, but we shit. had a little note in our hand to say what a way to go 1964 <laughs> and we interpreted that i hope correctly um, because yes, he has giddily recommended 1964's Critical No Man's Land. What a way to go! Yeah, yeah. Shirley MacLaine, the sexiest gal in town. She has six times the manpower of any girl you've ever known. And just to prove it, six of the greatest guys on the screen go, go, go right out of this world with her. In what a way to go! Wow. Shirley MacLaine is my wife. Wow. What a way to go. She's my wife. 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 What a way to go. 
She's going to be my wife. Oh, what a way to go. Yes, Shirley loves them all and marries them all in the freshest, funniest, most fantastic entertainment that ever filled the screen. What a way to go. The film stars Shirley MacLaine, oh. <laughs> uh, Paul Newman, oh. Robert Mitchum, oh. uh, Dean Martin, oh. yeah. Gene Kelly, oh. yeah. and Dick Van Dyke. Oh. <laughs> uh, it was directed by, holy fucking shit, Jay Lee Thompson. <laughs> oh, wow, him. Oh, my God, that's insane. <laughs> so this movie has been on our the recommendations list for about three months because we're bad. We're a bad podcast. It doesn't respect its fans. I think it's been about three weeks, actually. I think we actually it been did, three weeks. We had a really good Jesus, turnaround with this one. Mate, it's only been three weeks. <laughs> oh, fucking hell. Somebody kill me. But, um, no, okay, three weeks. That's fine. Um, I never do much research ahead of the, um, of the week before the episode. And about two weeks ago, after this was recommended but before i knew about the director my mother and i watched a documentary about jay lee thompson and bought like five of his movies have been watching them ever since so yeah it was a very very strange coincidence to see his name come up what a fantastic man is mark reed he knows all of your needs yeah and that doesn't include clothes no Um, and in fact it includes not having clothes yeah he's willing to accommodate you in that respect it's quite nice because if if you you know if, if he does show up and he, mm. and he and he goes to send a threatening message. He can't he can't say like, "Hey, nice pajamas," because he doesn't know what you're wearing. It's it's not actually that threatening. Yeah, and the first time I felt that Lewisham breeze just bristling my buttocks, I knew there was no way back for me. And that's all down to Mark Reed uh, and Mike Reed, who he works with in very close proximity <laughs> to deliver uh, troubling experiences to all true Lewishamers. Now, <laughs> Thompson is the best British director whose name nobody knows. Yeah. Uh, most people will be familiar with some of his films, though. No. He was a... Oh. I'll skip ahead then. Uh, he was a screenwriter and a tail gunner in World War II, interestingly. Ooh. Uh, he gave that up to take up directing, uh, which is similar. He refused to leave the cockpit to do it. Um, they <laughs> backed the plane Trank. into... <laughs> Um, yeah, and he, he started off with comedies in the 50s, and then social realism also in the 50s, which included The Woman in the Dressing uh, the woman in the dressing Gown, which last week I alluded to by referring to it as The Woman in the Bathrobe, because I'm an idiot. <laughs> it's an American title. <laughs> They're not going to know what a dressing gown is. <laughs> so we call it fluffy wraps over here. It's also what they call Pride and Prejudice over in America. <laughs> so, <laughs> Pride and Dress and, and Bathrobes pretty good so then then he made war movies like ice cold and alex and mm. most famously the guns of the navarone yeah. uh he also made the original cape fear a bunch of the planet of the apes sequels with uh, steadily declining budgets <laughs> and then he spent the last like decade of his life making charles bronson movies <clears throat> including the craziest of the four um death wish movies huh yeah <laughs> okay what a man what a man a, what a very good man what a very good man uh, when asked why he made so many Hollywood movies, uh, which is a very polite way of putting it, you made a lot of these, didn't you? <laughs> these particular um, films. <laughs> what, did, what what made you choose these that. movies? He said that um, because of my insecurity and effort to stay here, if I was given a script and it had something good in it, I'd say, good, I've got my next picture. And that's not a way to make good movies. So some of them were good and some of them were not so good. What an idiot. You should have stayed at what you really wanted to make, end quote. Um, Oh, no, sorry, continues, quote. If I have anything to say to young directors today, it's don't make a movie just for the sake of making it. 
Oh. What a way to go. Yeah. Pulls on fire. Oh, God. Well, actually, the production of this movie is even sadder than the last few years of Thompson's career. Oh. Marilyn Monroe did a lot of the work early on, planning to star in the movie, including getting Gene Kelly involved she built the and sets. improving Thompson as director. And she built all the sets yeah. and she painted it all pink. No one asked her to. They had to write <laughs> it into the movie hastily. And then she died. Oh, shit. Yeah. Whoops. Um, then it was going to have Brando, Sinatra and Niven and maybe even Steve McQueen in it. Uh-huh. Um, they all They all died. No, they didn't. Um, but here's a quote from Wikipedia. According to Mitchum, Frank Sinatra had wanted $500,000 for two weeks of work, so they offered the role to Mitchum instead. I like the implied causality there of that <laughs> sentence. He wanted a million dollars. Mitchum was hired the next day. <laughs> and he went on to be, he wanted to give birth to Crispin Glover. Oh, you see. <laughs> Fuck me. He, he really did steal all of his power. Modesty really does breed greed. <laughs> oh, what an asshole. Uh, critics reacted to it like an inheritance of a mere $150 million. Mm. Nothing. <laughs> Absolutely nothing. You can't get a can of Coke with that, Randy. <laughs> but uh, Bosley Crofer over at the New York Ooh. Times said... 1960s author Bosley Crofer. <laughs> Bosley Crofer. Get me Bosley on the <laughs> phone right now. Uh, J. Lee Thompson's direction has failed to coalesce a good, firm farce. I love a good, firm farce in the morning, Paul. Oh. Uh, oh. He lets the whole thing flap wildly. And that's no way to make a film. You can't make a film like that, Paul. Not flapping wildly. You can't let a film flap. What? You tell me a single film that's flapped. Go on. <laughs> the Jazz Singer? I was trying to think of a movie that might have flappers in it. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I, I don't I, know. I guess that might Suffragette. <laughs> There's so much flapping in Suffragette, the musical. <laughs> uh, public, meanwhile, found themselves three times as rich as the day they gave up. Uh, we Scotty on Amazon said... Just as I remembered it, good clean fun. Lots of cameos by now legends and worth viewing just to see how good Shirley MacLaine looks in the most outrageous outfits. A good popcorn tongue-in-cheek. And, and uh, listeners at home, I don't recommend keeping a popcorn kernel or, or popped corn like <laughs> firmly in cheek with your tongue because there's not much flavour in there to begin with and it's just become a, become a sort of soggy, a soggy joke version of what it once was and no I'm one a, wants that. One a day, man. I go to bed, I take out the piece of popcorn and put it on the side of the bed ready for the next morning. <laughs> had this for 20 years and i'm ready to go and work in local government <laughs> it's the 50s and that's the kind of thing i do give me my machine gun so <laughs> no three-man although shirley mclean is now a two-man after a brief role in valentine's day so oh fantastic there well that's good <laughs> watch out she's still going so all there uh, oh yeah it. she's still going <laughs> she's bound to have she's bound to have dropped the ball at least one more time and we're gonna be there ready to ready to beat this lovely old lady Everyone gets three, which is good because it means everything that Tom Holland does now is going to be bangers. Oh, shit, yeah. He can't. He literally is incapable of making a bad movie now. So roll on Spider-Man 6 into the <laughs> Nicolas Cage. That's pretty good. <laughs> the film has 22% on Rotten Tomatoes, yeah. 7 on IMDb, yeah. and was nominated for two Academy Awards for oh. costumes and art design. It was also the seventh highest grossing film of 1964 in North America. So what do critics know, Paul, who have no fun in life? What do critics know? They have no fun in life. They don't know what's going to make money. And that's all they should be assessing. <laughs> oh, speaking of which, so Paul, you pitiful janitor. Oh, gee. What's one thing about this movie that made you swear never to marry again? Well, Paulie, Paulie, Paulie. Shirley MacLaine's in this, Paul. Shirley fucking MacLaine's in it? I recognise her from things. You'll have seen her in at least a thing. Yeah. I'm you, you know, usually from uh, the older movies we watch on One Good Thing. It's it's featuring the Welsh rugby team or just 
or <laughs> or Sir Oil McBaron. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> yeah, an Oily Baron production. So this is a legit thing. This is this is more legit than the Marx Brothers one. This we is watched. an actual movie, yeah. potentially. Although we do have that Marilyn Monroe connection. Yeah. Had she survived, she would have lived to be a Tooman. Oh, such a pity. Well, at least we got Shirley MacLaine. At least we did definitely get Shirley MacLaine twice. At least we did got her. So, <laughs> yeah. So, look, we start in an all pink mansion. It's my sister's dream house. <laughs> and just like my sister's dream house, there's a funeral going on. <laughs> yeah. Well, the, the pallbearers, one of them slips amusingly on the stairs and the coffin just slides yep. right down into something. I forgot. I forget what's in the center of the well, room. It just slides yeah. around the room for a while as the guys all chase it and try and oh, it just does. wrestle it down. And, uh, like a dance yeah, I get a bit worried. <laughs> they give an exasperated look to camera as if to say, oh, dear. Everything up to the look was gold, and I was really looking forward to it at this stage. Um, Roll credits, gloves by Kislev. <laughs> thank God. Fuck yeah, I'm going to look out for that. we got Kislev, everyone. <laughs> uh, Guy takes a gun away from his head. Really? This is going to be a hit. <laughs> the um, the uh, Bureau of Inland Revenue, Paul. Uh, yeah. Shay McLean walks in. She wants to give the uh, the government two hundred million dollars. She's a fucking monster. She'll be locked. She up. is a monster. Um, and they're not having it. They're not going to take any of that money. Yeah, that's Democrat. yours. You earned it by not paying tax. <laughs> did, I, did we mention that there's a there's a Democrat in office during this uh, during this here time? So <laughs> you can't give us money. We hate money around here. Yeah, we're trying to give it all away. The commies or something. Um, <laughs> Whoever. Yeah, just any anyone. Any transient? Is he? Tr- you trans- <laughs> are you transgressive? Are you transgressive? You are. Is all the money? Is this an art project? I'm just trying to sleep, Mister. Take all the money. <laughs> it's yours. Take the shirt off my back. Him- and this man, Joe, work hard. So, <laughs> and this man, I'm just trying to get to work. You know, you belong to him now. <laughs> That's what you get for hard work nowadays in America. <laughs> um, vote, vote Lib. Yeah. So. Yeah, we get to... Well, she... What, how, how does she end up at the psychiatrist? Well, she goes to the psychiatrist, Paul, after that. <laughs> and, oh, uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Succinct. Yeah, yeah. it's, it's concise, Paul. It's, it's, it's a straight arrow. And, and, yeah. and she speaks to the doctor. She's a, she needs yeah. the doctor for brain help. And, and she says, like, every, every man I'm... I, I wanted to give the money away, and they wouldn't let me. Yeah. Why? And then, yeah. Yeah, and he, he... Well, he does... He demonstrates the state of psychiatry in 1964... Uh, which is to shove drugs down her throat and then discuss what kind of what kind of possessed she might be. Yeah, it's pretty similar. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty good for a woman. It hasn't changed. <laughs> but oh, twist! This is a framing device. Yeah. I mean, how did Shirley MacLaine get into this mess? Well, for that, we're gonna have to go back away. <laughs> Film uh, four years earlier or something. I don't yeah. know. Two weeks earlier. Yesterday. Uh, husband number one. Well, she's 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 growing up in an house, um, in a lovely poor person's house. She's babe roofing it a bit, playing herself as a large girl. <laughs> yes, yeah, not uh... large in the sense of um, fat, just large as in grown ass woman. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I get you now. Um, I was very confused by that. I was trying to trying to think of a way to make that work, but uh, but no, I get it Literally now. It wasn't one. Yeah, no, no. So I just had to like go. Uh, uh, and I appreciated that. Yeah. Um, so she she is on the cards to marry uh, Crawley, Leonard Crawley. Yes. Dean Martin, a rich asshole. <laughs> Dean Martin, it's just unreal. So, um, <laughs> yeah, he's a rich asshole and all he cares about is money. And he keeps... Oh, she hates that. He, he keeps saying things like, uh, oh, 
Money's great. <laughs> uh, so he, yeah, he's he's a monster. He's pretty much the and worst. She says, "I I don't feel that way." Yeah. Oh. Jesus. Well, how's this ever gonna work out? Well, I'll tell you what. I'm... She is actually more interested in Dick Van Dyke. And why would Jim Chim Charu? <laughs> me, me governor. <laughs> And uh, yeah, he's <clears throat> he reads Thoreau. He he owns a shop. And he, run, yep. he works there about seven minutes a week, and uh... <laughs> and he's got some pretty smooth lines. Don't uh, grow anymore, Miss Foster. You're just right now. And legs that go all the way up. <laughs> and in every angle, in right in every angle. <laughs> oh Paul. Jesus! That's um that's what they he's say. He's a horrible about him. snaky man. Yeah. So Dean Dean Martin uh gives him a dressing down several times and splatters him with yeah. mud and says things like money's great, rah rah rah, and. Uh, <laughs> None of this seems to impress McLean. Weirdly. Weird. Very weirdly. We've all seen films, Paul. This usually works. What kind of 60s gal are you? I mean, <laughs> might be the 50s right now, but what's going on? <laughs> Do I need to hit him harder? I'm really scared. So, yeah. she She's into Van Dyke, but uh, she's going to play it cool, so she swims out to his boat in her, under, in her underwear. Yeah. Um. It's <laughs> and, and it works. They, they talk a bit it about works. Thoreau. Somehow. And, uh, and uh, yeah, she tells him she loves him. He, even even if he is making uh, a dollar a week, in fact, the the fewer dollars the better. And exactly, yeah, yes, she likes it. She likes his laid back attitude and commitment to the Waldonian simple life, yeah. Ferovian simple life. In other words, she's uh, physically she's physically turned on by poverty and failure. And, Fuck yeah! And, and, Where and, is she? and this works. <laughs> good news for the rest of us, hey? Yeah, thank God. Yeah. Um. <laughs> so. Now's the time in all 60s films where we parody silent movie era japes. As I look back on it, I see our life together as a wonderful old silent movie. I was thinking this could do with being less subtle. <laughs> it's a spoof, Paul. Spoof isn't subtle. It's a spoof. That's, that's what I learned. Oh, that's what I learned from epic movie. So <laughs> cutting back to the 60s, they're married now, but cutting back to the 60s, the waistbands are getting pretty high, Paul. Yeah. It's, uh, it's getting untenable. But it's made more cigarettes. A pair of jeans in this. There's yeah. a pair of jeans in this that could easily double for overalls. <laughs> Weirdly, that's um, uh, it could very well just be a '90s film. <laughs> the key is that they got sweatshirts and they tuck them in. <laughs> Fuck yeah! No, they don't because uh, Dick, uh. so Dick Van Dyke, Dick Van dies, and uh, oh well, god, not before, not before a lot of really yeah. important things happen. He um, <laughs> well, Martin shows up and yeah. um, sees if he can piss her off into coming back to him. Yeah, it's worth a go. It's worth a go because it does work, and that makes Dyke snap. Um, he can't stand the stress of it all, and he becomes <gasps> a successful businessman. Yeah, every woman's nightmare. <laughs> um, but oh. he, yeah, he 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 gets too busy, Paul. He's working pretty much twenty four seven, leaving Shirley MacLaine to just sort of waft around the house in uh, in a negligee. Yeah, like a sexy fart. Can't even pick up a book. She's out bored. Can't even. Yeah, so bored. He channels Norman Wisdom, Jim Carrey, and finally Lee Evans, and that's when you know he's fucking dead. So so derivative, Paul. <laughs> Yeah, and 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 he dies. Uh, the words yeah. just to, just goes to show a bit of hard work never killed anyone. The last words that leave his his hard working lips. It's and hard working, hard smoking, hard loving. Yeah, uh, hard bloke. Before he drops, before he drops dead. Yeah. So no more dyke. We come back to the framing device, and just like that, it stops being funny. <laughs> <laughs> I disagree. For now, we've got more guests coming. <laughs> uh, husband number two, we're in Paris in the 60s. It's pretty fucking hot, Paul. It's pretty fucking great. And speaking of hot, here's Paul fucking Newman. Jesus Christ. Yeah. I mean, you'd see a technique like that, it just wipes you out. I'd go away. What is it? What is it? Innocence. Van Gogh had it. But uh, he had to chop his ear off in order to free himself. Free himself from what? Intellectual hang-up. She meets Paul Newman, who is a 
filthy French artist. And she has it off of him, just like we all do at some stage. Paul Newman or a filthy French artist? Because I've got to say, it's been both for me. (laughs) I've yet to experience Paul Newman. I've I've waited for him to come into my life, um, Tommy Lee Jones style, but it hasn't (laughs) hasn't materialized yet. The time that Tommy Lee Jones came into your life. Um, But they they, they have it off, and he, again... Um, she inspires him this time, actually, in, into yeah. like the method of making art, which is which involves a multi-armed, a multi-limbed contraption. Yes, um, which paints to the, like it's 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 like a motion sensor. It's like one of those daffodils that dances. Yes, he's an artist, and he's he's got his wacky art friends, a monkey, a terrorist, and a crazy man made of wires and metal of his own design. <laughs> his name is Larry Flint, incidentally, which is um, yeah. odd, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> not odd at the time, just now. Yeah. Uh, they do a spoof of a foreign art film with all the baguettes and nudity you could ever want. Uh, love <laughs> Jabbing it. at the and... hind quarters with a dripping baguette. <laughs> and yes, yeah, she's enjoying being poor again. Uh, I feel like more people would if they just knew they didn't have to be. Yeah. You know, just you, you wouldn't take them up on the offer, if, you know, always. You'd just be like, well, it's nice to know it's there. Let's have a poor day, <laughs> darling. <laughs> let, let, darling. Let today be poor day. Oh, please. Let's live like pops. So. <laughs> She has the idea to put on a record and it kind of inspires the crazy machine yeah. to make a new kind of mess that's considered good. Yeah, because I, I, I don't know. I can't fucking tell or keep I up with that. Tell. Jesus Christ, yeah. especially not as I see. I'm still, I'm at least 70 years behind. So I'm even this is well ahead of me. Yeah, I th- I'm thinking Turner's a bit a bit much, a bit new, a bit flash. <laughs> oh, Christ, how's that happening? Yeah. yeah, he manages to sell the painting for some serious baguette money now. Yeah. Uh, but he's ruined as a prospect because he's automated the artistic process in the name of money, very much like Thomas Kincaid. Cool. <laughs> now that's that's gonna take a while to trickle through, so um <laughs> Don't you worry about that. Okay, it's, you just it, just know it's fresh and it's exciting <laughs> and it's bold. Finally, someone is taking a swipe at Thomas Kincaid. Hopefully it's not <laughs> as new as uh, as Turner, because I can't stand can't stand oh, that Jesus. upset. Um <laughs> He he gets murdered by his machines and she ends up even richer. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, anyway, that's uh, continuing on. Husband yeah. number three. Ooh. Are we going to go back to the psychiatrist's office? Oh, thank God. It's Robert Mitchum. <laughs> He's here. And nobody's ever said that before. <laughs> I was sorry to read of your loss. I saw you at one of your late husband's openings. I didn't buy anything, though. I don't like his paintings. Well, I don't like your airplanes. Where are you going? New York, Miami. Get a Kutsk, any place you'd like to go. I just flew in from New York this evening for some party. I stayed about a half an hour, and if I'd had it, I don't like parties. Uh, in trying to fly back to uh, America, mm. she bumps into America. Robert Mitchum, who is playing, oh, bums a lot. What's his name? Howard Hughes? Uh, Charles Foster Kane? Oh, what is his actual name in the movie? I don't know. The, char- the character name, yeah. Oh, well. I have no idea. Rich... I thought you were going for the archetype. He's oh, a rich asshole yeah. who orders for the lady like a douche yeah. and uh, makes fun of her a bit. But uh, so he's an asshole, but he is also kind of unhappy. So go on then. Yeah, all right then. He's like Bruce. He Wayne. has a moment. Um, they have a moment on the plane. It's nice. And he, and he, and he and, says, uh, "No, you, you know what? I'm not going to take this business call because I'm going to share this lovely moment of showing yeah. off on my plane with this lady, and yeah. uh, and, and just have that the two of us." And they yeah. do, and it's nice. And she's like, well, "Go on then." I've literally just lost a husband, but <laughs> I'm a bit of a right. You seem pretty good. You seem pretty. Uh, right. They do. They do a parody of epic Hollywood romance movies together, and we all remember those. Oh, we yeah. all love those. But the ones where people get out of cars a lot. <laughs> yeah. In fact, the the editing is so abstract; it's actually more like Godard than the French uh, cinema section. <laughs> Calls the uh, party sequence from Pierre Lafeu, I think. I'm having a lot of fun right now, and uh, <laughs> um, 
I make, I make several notes, <laughs> some of which contain words. And then, uh, yeah, it, it turns out that the the time that they spent together, which has been a time of ignoring the business, yeah, has actually been really not- good for the business and for Shit. them. Shit! They hoped it would all go wrong, destroying hundreds if not thousands of jobs, but it didn't. Yeah. Somebody else has been doing all the all the work, and that doesn't get resolved. Jesus. But um, <laughs> look, she vin- she convinces him to come to a farm and feel up a cow, which kicks his dummy into a tree. So yeah. now she's even more rich. so that works yeah (laughs) oh please don't go back to the psych office please don't go back to oh gene kelly thank god okay isn't there any way of getting a cup of coffee here as louisa may hop 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 Flanderson, pretty eyes, pretty hair, and she has so clear. Isn't there any way of getting a cup of coffee here? He's a restaurant clown? He's a yeah, he's a he's a clown in a restaurant. That's exactly <laughs> don't worry, listeners at home, that is exactly what that is. Don't pull He's your friendly else. restaurant clown. Yeah. Um he's doing he's doing a thing. He comes out, everyone ignores him. In fact, not so much ignores him, but fucking hates him and wishes that, that he'd never intruded on their life. But he did. Yeah, existed um, at all. Yeah. But but uh, Shirley MacLaine's gotten over the the other husbands, uh, which happened what last week, and uh, she's she's <laughs> realised that Gene Kelly is a lovely, talented man who's never going to acquire yeah. acclaim or fame because of his uh, not name. Yeah, he he also wants to live a simple life, so I'll get a coffin ready. Yeah, <laughs> just get it on the go. You well, know? yeah. Well, he, he's he's going to do one. Uh, going to do a show, and because it's someone's birthday, mm. uh, Shirley MacLaine goes, oh. Wouldn't it be nice if you didn't wear your makeup this time? And he's like, "Oh no, I think it's it's really important that I do." And she goes, "Yeah, yeah, okay, okay stupid bollocks." And she talks over him to the manager, and yeah. uh, he's like, "Yeah, sure." And Gene Kelly goes, "No, I really think that it's great. No makeup. Out you go." And and he goes out. Do it. He goes out and does his Bing Crosby impression. And everyone re- and everyone realizes it's Gene Kelly and shuts up. And um, that's the end of it, really. <laughs> Downhill that's from the there. End of it. Yeah, they do do a musical parody. And I do wonder if uh, if uh, Kelly subjected McLean to the same sort of torturous rehearsals as he did to uh, Debbie Reynolds and uh, Sid Charisse. Mm. Uh, and I hope they don't because it's really shitty. I notice they are slightly out of step. And I read up that they had a lot of fun on the film, and I'm like, oh, okay. I guess it was. I guess he was right then. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a tiny amount out of step. It's like nothing. Yeah. But it's like, yeah, I am noticing it though. Interesting. <laughs> what yeah, in maybe <laughs> in singing in the rain or in this? In in what a way to go. Like, oh, okay. I can tell that he didn't. I can tell that he didn't make her rehearse this for seven oh, years. Oh, okay, right. <laughs> yeah, nice. Gene Kelly is whiplash. I mean, whiplash when he wants to be. <laughs> Uh, but but you can st- you can I tell you Paul you can see the muscles in uh, Shirley MacLaine's calves and uh, oh fuck yeah that's, that's hard work that's hard work right yeah. there Paul that's hard work that's hard work it's hard work right there and it's happening to us all yeah so yeah they're living simply again still buying a lot of baguettes though foreboding mm. are baguettes like this movie's oranges from The Godfather <laughs> red in the sixth sense oh god um, but look uh, a bunch of utterly impenetrable newspaper headlines apparently indicate that he's becoming a big star I can't tell how you feel about this. <laughs> 
think I told you at the beginning that this plot was going to be sassy. But you did, you did, you did the, warn me of a sassy plot, um, but such is the power of your sass that it's overriding my uh, my confidence. The, the headlines were stuff like bingo, bongo, bingus, bongus. <laughs> yeah, it was fantastic. <laughs> it was like the uh, it was like um, Simpo that Simpsons episode. The Simpo episode. We did it on uh, what's what's it? Simpsons Index. Listeners at home, go and watch those. Listen to those. Yeah. Watch them with your ears. I, I find that's better. <laughs> Just t- take your headphones off and watch them on the table and imagine the kind of episode <laughs> you might be listening to. It's great. Oh, Christ. He's going to be in a big flop, uh, which parodies Cleopatra, um, which yeah. came out the previous year. This film, it's a timeless reference. They, they, they almost directly reference Richard Burton, right? Yes, they talk about the Welshman. The Welshman. He, he gets trampled to death by adoring fans and stock footage. Yeah. And uh, yeah, back to the framing device. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but twist, Dean Martin is a lowly janitor now. Oh my God. Holy shit. You're the custodian here. Well, now, Lu- Louisa, let's call a spade a spade. I'm the janitor here. Oh, how awful. Oh, no, no, no. I deserved it. You know, poetic justice is called. So she gets off with him. Yeah, and they have a few, they have a few frightening children together. Yep, and settle settle down onto a farm, a shitty a farm. humble farm, just a shitty farm called Amazon.com. The end. <laughs> it's that they they actually strike oil, strike oil. The end. Well, it's not actually their oil, but yeah. they could have ended on that gag. Yeah, yeah, it would have been a really dark way to end it. Uh, but it's not <laughs> just her crying and sobbing. So they're fine because they're broke and will be forever. Yay! Yay! So, Paul, what do you make of what a way to go? Oh, I quite liked it. I, th- I thought it was yeah. quite fun. Uh, it was fun. I, th- f- I thought for the most part it was a really serviceable spoof and uh, mm. had loads of really funny, silly moments that had me tittering away. Um, oh, you're tittering. Oh, it's going to be quite a long quickfire list, Paul. So, yeah, um, yeah. It, it, it's when a spoof really works for me, it's just full of silly little moments, like two-second mm. moments, keep the like the jovial or the amusement above a certain level and it just keeps like knocking me up and up and up and mm. uh, uh yeah. just keeps me at a, at a good level for throughout and this movie pretty mm. much did that there was um yeah. I, f- I feel like it was about 10 15 minutes too long there was a, there was yeah i think once we got to the fourth husband yeah and i thought idea. oh boy even though i love gene kelly and watching him was just yeah. wonderful i was think i was just thinking okay could have done with just pacing this a little bit better um yeah to keep keep it going but it's to be honest especially compared to some of the stuff we usually have to watch um, the texas chainsaw massacre remake texas chainsaw massacre remake definitely better than that yeah. i mean it's I, I'll, I'll tell you this paul it's better than texas chainsaw massacre 2003 and uh <laughs> it's also better than texas it's i say this is better than the texas chainsaw massacre with matthew mcconaughey in it oh fuck and i and i don't mouth, say sir. that lightly um, no way <laughs> i say that heavily <laughs> that man that man was like um robert mitchum and uh, Gene Kelly rolled into one. <laughs> <laughs> and you don't want that. You want him spaced out over the course of a movie. Yeah. I, Opposite ends. Yeah. Um, please, just bookend it. Like their own framing device. I, 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 yeah, I, I just... I, I don't have too many criticisms, to be honest. It was just like mm. too, too long, and some of it was a bit... Mm. Some of the jokes didn't land, but yeah, for me, the majority of them did. And and I, and oh, I would say good. the ending, the last ten fifteen minutes, probably it sagged a bit as well, and it kind of mm. lost its, uh, it lost a lot of yeah. its drive and focus, whereas it tried to like figure out the end. But yeah, yeah, pretty good. Uh, as I went to type this movie's t- uh, title and to look up something, I accidentally wrote it "Long Last Love." Okay, and I actually have very similar feelings about this film. Mm. I, I enjoyed it. I found it really charming, and I thought it lived off of the charms of the cast 
and the ability of Thompson as a director, which I thought did shine through. His yeah. unusual sort of camera movements and big, big ambition to the whole thing. Yeah. I had issues with the script. I okay. like the concept. Uh, this is going to be episodic. It's going to be themed around each husband. And yeah. I love the individual themes that they went for. You know, looking back on it now, I just think of like the Paris segment and yeah. the Hollywood segment. You know, it's all good stuff. But it did get quite repetitive when yeah. the, the, the arc of each one, each husband is the same of, you know, they start in one place. Yeah. The plane is attracted to them. She inadvertently causes them to either acquire or lose wealth. Usually acquire and then, yeah. you know, it all goes wrong. And yeah, the written gags for me. I love the physical stuff. There's a lot yeah. of most of my quick fires pertain to physical stuff and ah. bits of business. The written down gags, the the dialogue gags. There's a bit of snappy repartee between McLean and Dean Martin the first time they meet, <clears> and I enjoyed <throat> that. Put it right down next to mine, baby. Gee, I wish I'd said that. Ah, uh, you can use it any time you want. Just give credit to Crawley. That's more than Crawley ever did for anyone else in this town. Otherwise, they didn't land for me very well. Um, uh, but mainly, it's, it's all about the performance. You know, right. and those, those are really good. And all of the husbands are great. And McLean is really endearing. So I have yeah. a lot of good things, little moments that stood out to me. But yeah. I don't think the critical reception is a mystery to me. It's quite, it's a nice pie that maybe got a bit smashed up on its way to getting to you. Okay. So is, is this one of those things that it's suffered because Rotten Tomatoes is an aggregator? So, like, the negative reviews right. aren't indicative of 20... You know, it's not 20% score value. Mm. It's just 20% of people gave it a positive well, review. Well, looking through the reviews, and there aren't many reviews, which also, you know, makes it easier for it to get a low percentage. A lot of the time, it's just people saying, I just didn't find it very funny. And, mm. you know, I, it, that's just... It's going to be subjective. I, I can see why it's played a bit broad. And I can also see kind of how... A lot of the reviews are from the last decade or so, but I could see how back in 1964 this would have seemed a little old-fashioned because that's the year of Mary Poppins, yeah. you know, Cuckoo's My Fair Lady, Doctor Strangelove, uh, <clears throat> yeah, The right. Umbrellas of Cherbourg, and the incredibly, the incredibly um, strange creatures who stopped living and became mixed-up zombies. So cinema was moving on. Oh, yeah, it was really going places. <laughs> <laughs> Times have moved on. This feels like kind of a 50s movie, which is very yeah. charming now, but maybe at the time it felt a bit old-fashioned. Yeah, okay. That's fair. I, I will say a lot of my quick fires are uh, the written comedy as well as the physical oh, stuff. Oh, great! Um, there was a lot. I'll be glad I, to hear those. A lot that I liked in there, and uh, yeah, we're gonna have a lovely old like uh, recollection of this movie, Paul. I, uh, yeah. There was a something I wanted to say in the middle of everything you were saying. Um, I'll say. If you just you want to say it again. You, if you just say your entire point again, yeah, verbatim. <laughs> well, I did enjoy. it. I found it quite charming, and I <laughs> thought it did live off of the charms of the cast and the ability of Thompson as a director. Yeah. You know, had issues with the script. I like the concept, but this is going to be episodic and themed mm. around each husband. And I love yep. the individual themes that they went for. But yes, you know, with the... shut up, shut up. Okay, so <laughs> um, I found that there was enough variation within the okay. uh, the stories. So the the idea right. of she meets somebody, it's going well, then it goes wrong, didn't really matter for me because within that there were just little little changes. Whether it was her mm. um, suggesting something that helps the the business or the art take off or if it was suddenly mm. the guy was like losing money and or was making more money yeah. with him like, going back and he wanted to get it he wanted to um take charge again so that he could stop making quite so much money and then you know mm. gene kelly that that whole thing with his ego and the pink house there yeah. were just like little ways in which it differed which for me was enough i didn't i didn't mind the repetitive structure of it 
I think the first two segments, which ironically are the ones that are most similar to each other because it is poor guy is made rich by inadvertently by McLean. Yeah. I like those a lot because there's a lot of variation there. There's the owning a corner shop kind of gimmick and there's the entering the art world gimmick. Yeah. The third movie is meant to be entering into high business. Yes. But you know, more than the other two segments, a lot of the narrative heavy lifting and the sort of business that goes on there is in the parody. We should explain the parodies. In each segment, she says, when I look back on our relationship now, it feels like, and then the genre of a film. Yeah. Most of the uh, Robert Mitchum segment was the parody of old Hollywood, you know, romances, which I didn't, yeah, which, there's not a lot of her living that life. No, it had an (laughs) anti-comedy feel to it, that that section, and I... I, as as I thought, oh god, this is going on a while. It then got me in the end. Had me on side. Okay, yeah. it crossed the line twice, kind of thing. Yeah. Okay, well that's good. But yeah, I could have done with more sort of poking fun at the absurdity of the high business and high society kind yes. of uh, situation. Sure. And then the fourth segment is your Hollywood segment. Yeah. So um, and again, it's just well, there were some fun bits in there, but yeah, it did get a little repetitive for me. Yeah, Nevertheless, for- yeah, there's just so many fun moments that we can draw out from this. So yeah, how about we start doing that? Let's bloody do it. Yeah. Go on then. Quick fact. I did like the um when the pallbearers are taking the coffin down the stairs. I enjoyed the first mm. slip because it was a very okay. contained, like e- like excellent <laughs> f- physical slip. And yeah. then he he like reins it in and is just rod like straight as a rod. Yeah. Whilst <laughs> uh, you know in, in like re- reaction to that, straight as a guy named Rod. He's Rod straightly. Everyone, he's back. <laughs> Um, and uh, yeah, no, I, I thought that was great. And I had a little flicker of, oh, is this going to have some good physical comedy in it? Okay, cool. <laughs> Fuck yeah. I'm up for this. Yeah. Bring it on. Old Kellers. <laughs> Old Kellogg's da- dancing jeans. Uh, I've got a couple of general ones here. The first is that so many of uh, Shirley MacLaine's outfits are great. Yes. I really like her widow outfit with the beautiful silver shining pin. Yeah. And all of the art life ones in particular, but especially the jazz painting dress. The dress that's based off of one of his paintings that was produced by a jazz record. Oh, yeah. That that was great. Yeah. Love that. Excellent. Uh, like Shirley MacLaine, yeah, she she looked amazing uh, in mm. quite a lot of different outfits, especially the uh, mm. the mm. the big Hollywood like genre joke thing. Oh, yeah, yeah. She just keeps stepping out of cars and in all these different outfits. And <laughs> there's one incredible backless one as well. Oh yeah, uh, um, Victor Stephenson, the uh, psychiatrist. Uh, I don't know who mm. played him, but I let me. Just I looked check. him up. He was in like American Robert, television. Mainly. Robert Cummings. Robert Cummings. Bob nice. Cummings. He was in the Bob Cummings show, um, <laughs> and yeah. Dial M for Murder. So uh, oh yeah, yeah. Uh, I I actually uh, he was Mark Halliday. You carry on. I'm going to find out if that was the actual All right, great. the man who dialed M for murder. Well, it's a good thing that Paul's distracted in our listeners at home because I'm going to give a spicy take and say I really like the framing device. Well, not ne- not necessarily the framing device, but the actors within and the comedy within. Um, it has some great moments. I thought Victor Stephenson as the Doctor was wonderful. Um, fantastic man in a fantastic suit. When Shirley MacLaine is um, getting really worked up and he uh, gives her um, like a Valium or something to calm her down and there are these huge pink discs of tablets and without knowing anything about the movie at, at, at the time really she goes they're pink pills my husband was pink and um how surreal that seemed to me at the time was wonderful um but then in the same moment after she's taken one and uh she's starting to calm down he just holds the box of like valiums in front of him and 
There's a very, very slight little mm. on his face, and then he just pops one in his mouth as well. It was a really great moment. Of course, Mark Halliday. He played Gene Kelly's boyfriend, kind of, who is the sort of red herring setup for her potential murder. I get Fantastic. Uh, anyway, my next point, the psychiatrist. <laughs> Jesus Christ, he was rubbish. He was just <laughs> doing this, like, Jack Lemon knockoff thing. It was just the worst. <laughs> God, only an idiot would think he was good. An idiot and a probably some sort of physical attacker, as they call them. <laughs> physical attackers have been unveiled. Yeah. Unveiled? Fucking hell, I can't say anything. <laughs> Crazy, mate. Um, <laughs> anyway. Yeah, no, anyway. I mean, I haven't had my good thing yet, so... Um, oh, cool. Yeah. Go ahead. Um, doc- doctor's hair was nice. Mm, I couldn't look above his ridiculous face. But yeah, maybe it was nice. <laughs> Ridiculous face. There was also a really great uh, physical gag in that. Uh, a really great oh. sight gag. Where mm. he's therapizing her. He's uh, He is uh, therapeutic. The word that came, it was going to be prostituting, but that's not the right one. It's uh, proselytizing on her uh, and prostituting on yeah. her condition. <clears throat> and I think he's mm. just absentmindedly pressing the yeah, button the that chair. raises the, the chair. And mm. it, it was reminding me, I think, of the inflatable pilot in Airplane. It was that, that just that kind of silliness right. whilst he's talking, and then she doesn't realise, and she goes to look over at him, and she, with a scream, almost falls off the chair, and it's just so <laughs> yeah. silly and um, over the top. Yeah. They really it had is. me tittering. Well, that's good. I, in all seriousness, I'm not sure why the psychiatry scenes didn't really work for me, and mm. in particular the chair. Maybe it's just because there wasn't very many similar sort of physically ridiculous elements to sort of make this world kind of rubbery and stretchy mm. like that, like a cartoon. Mm, okay. I don't know. For whatever reason, it just hit me wrong and came off as uh, overly zany. But um, yeah, something I can see why it would like. go down well. <laughs> a legendary prick. An absolute <laughs> king of a man. Thanks, mate. It's the nicest thing you've ever said to me. <laughs> <laughs> um, I really did like McLean when she, um, she contrives to go by... Um, well, at first... I-, I thought it was very obvious that she had just stripped out of her dress and swam out to um, Dick Van Dyke's um, boat. Yeah. Because I thought that this scene was immediately following the preceding one in which she was in the car. Oh, okay. And she just comes, she just appears out of the water and says, Whoa. Well, imagine finding you here. I just happened to be swimming by. You scared the fish away. You could pull me in. <laughs> yeah. And that really, that amused me. The idea that she was just, you know, yeah. blazantly, uh, brazenly lying about, braz- yeah. brazenly and blatantly lying. About Brexit. About about Brexit and everything. Yeah. There's, I, I've got a line here and I can't remember if it was, no, I think I think it was, yeah, it was the doctor when he faints at the beginning and uh, he, he comes to and. So what, what, what happened? Well, A, you fainted and B, I poured water on you. I'm terribly sorry, but I, I didn't know what else to do. Delivered it like without a breath and um, yeah, that really got me. Yeah, that's good. I'll go through all of my Dick Van Dyke stuff, otherwise I'll just sit here talking about Dick Van Dyke for an hour. I mean, that's fine. He's my favourite, I think. He's lovely, he's yeah. um really charming, and here are some of my favourite bits of him in this. Uh, his vows to her, I'll never work hard, I'll never make good. Yeah. That's quite fun. Um, In the silent movie parody, yeah. um, I wasn't quite sold on it, the sort of, you know, big expressions and such and yeah. all the rest, but then he gets into his hammock and the hammock just falls flat and he just drops right onto the floor. Yeah. And that was a great bit of old... Of Buster Keaton esque, yeah, uh, japery, which I really enjoyed. Uh, when their house is falling apart, and he says something like, um, 
Oh, no, no. This is an insult levied at him by Dean Martin, I think. He comes in and he says, oh, I see you're doing really well here. You've got a nice roof under your feet. Yeah. That's quite good. That's good. Um, but then I, he really shines, I think, in his montage of him becoming obsessed by business. Yeah. You know, he's on the phone screaming up. No, make them think they can't live without doorknobs that light up in the dark. Think big. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. And he's, he's at one stage dictating into a bunch of tape recorders that are Dick all set up around him. Yeah, Dick. Ah, <laughs> oh, nice. Oh. Fuck yeah, mate. Thank- thanks for your patron money, Mark. <laughs> it bought us the drugs that is responsible for our <laughs> performance right now. <laughs> his spoken, as he's dictating to a bunch of his. Dick Van Dictating. To his uh, secretaries. The way yeah. his uh, signature is gradually disintegrating as he says it. And he just. Oh, yeah. yeah, by the end, he's just saying nonsense. That is my final word on the subject. Hates for yours, Edgar Hopper. I've got to have 10,000 bed springs at once. Hastily yours, Edgar Heber. Uh, hop, uh, the, uh, hastily yours, the hophead. Uh, hastily yours, uh, the boss. And finally, just something about the character instead of the performance. I love the fact that after he died, he left a bunch of chicken wire to Dean Martin. Yeah. Because there was a reference earlier on where he met, he said something shitty about chicken wire, so uh, okay. he went to the effort of amending <laughs> his will to ensure that Dean Martin got some chicken wire because he had ruined him at this stage. Yeah, thoroughly yeah. ruined him. Oh, Dean Martin was a janitor at the end of the movie. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. I mentioned that, but I didn't mention why. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> because because Dick Van Dyke uh, took a sh- took a shite in him. Yeah, actual Dick Van Dyke, not a character. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Still see his boot print on his ass. <laughs> And signed it, Dick Van Dyke was here. Well, he's got his name under his shoes, so everyone knows. That's true. That's how everyone's ever known. Um, <laughs> yeah, there was, he, when he says, oh, I think I'll go down to the store at the beginning of his, like, renaissance, Dick Van Dyke's. Uh, and uh, <laughs> she goes, but you were there ten days ago, which is just a lovely, yeah, that's uh, really lovely good. silly moment there. Yeah. Um, and the cacophony of the constant hopping, like, he, he turns his business mm. around by coming up with yeah. a marketing cam- campaign called Hoppers and Hop to Hoppers and everyone's on pogo sticks and it's just yeah. it's just a, an unholy noise. Hop, 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 you shoppers! Hop, hop, hop to Hoppers! Come on, honey, let me show you around. Hey, you kid! Just a really frustrating experience and everyone loves it and he's he's keeping it up with gusto and it just gets yeah. worse and worse for me. I love it. Uh, I love his shop when it gets successful, especially at Christmas. Yeah. It's just such a lovely Christmassy aesthetic there. It yeah. Lovely. It went, and then lastly, when he's shuffling papers to put into his briefcase in one of the rare moments, mm. he's home. Um, Shirley McLean smashes him over the head with a vase and yeah. he just stops packing briefly as if to think mm. on or say something and then carries on. <laughs> and it's, it's great. Yeah. Cause I guess it could go, it could have gone for the, the pause before somebody faints, but he just goes, mm, back to the briefcase. <laughs> now look, Paul Newman looks hot as fuck in this movie. Oh, he's, yeah. um, he's got a lot of facial hair going on. He's wearing not much. He oh, looks my God. physically hot. Yeah. You know, just like he's, he's, he's high temperature, he's... so he's not wearing much. Yeah. He's, he's ripped. He's fucking ripped. Oh, just him speaking French is um, yeah. amazing. And I really loved more than anything else, the sequences of him raging against the machines he had bought. Yeah. Um, and and his his new accent that he adopts once he is successful, is, in in, uh, in the exhibition, yeah, it's great. Yeah, Joe, how can anyone explain the workings of the inner man? Actually, the act of creation might best be described as pure animal instinct. It's just utterly uh, impenetrable, but really, really quite charming. Yeah, I I did write down that uh, Paul Newman is hot as fuck in this. He's when he's just lazily eating <laughs> a banana yeah. and just swearing at cabbies as they drive by. Yeah. Just oh, take that, Steve McQueen. 
Yeah, you dick. Yeah, dildo. I thought Shane was great. <laughs> Paul Newman is talking about uh, uh, himself. He's not a cabbie. He, uh, I just take Emil's cab out for him once a year the day his wife has a baby. It just implies a lot, I think. Yeah. Um, which is great. But, <laughs> the whole world. But he's talking about... Um, actually, he's an artist. He's one of the six legitimate artists in France or something. Yeah. No, five. And he goes... Yeah, and I think it's still alive or something like that. Yeah, and he and he goes maybe six, including freedom. Who's freedom? Chimpanzee on my block. That's good stuff. Yeah. One other thing about that whole art life sequence is just um, the woman machine gunning the balloons was pretty great. Yeah. Look at it. What yeah. what technique? <laughs> <laughs> and she just whips out a couple of pistols and is just firing yeah. happily at these balloons full of paint. Yeah. It's yeah. That's very, great. Very silly. Um, I loved the multi arm <laughs> contraption. Uh, oh yeah it, it was fantastic and and there's a bit where uh, well during the exhibition both of their outfits are great as as you said and uh, he's eating a turkey leg and drinking a Heineken yeah and just something about the, <laughs> the, the, the conflict and all of that and and in the, the his big machine two of the brushes keep rubbing up against one another and there's the line oh, yeah. I never should have had these damn things made in Paris <laughs> Right. Oh, I see. I didn't get that at the time, but I see what they're saying now. It's just, just great, <laughs> silly old humor. Yeah, that's good stuff. Um, right, I've only got two Mitchum lines. It was nice seeing Mitchum show up in a movie where he's not stalking two children across a, a <laughs> gothic reimagining of Southern America. Um, <laughs> or terrorizing Gregory Peck in a gothic reimagining of Southern America. <laughs> he has He has a type. Nevertheless, he's in this as the sort of playboy, I guess. Yeah. And um, there is one scene where Shirley MacLaine imagines him at an orgy, mm. and um, <laughs> it's it's very strange and a bit uh, quite full on for yeah. you know the the sixties. But there is a moment where he turns to some woman and says, "What are you doing after the orgy?" Yeah, <laughs> which was great. And then the other line of his I really liked was she's wearing this hat, this weird kind of Russian-looking yeah. kind of fuzzy hat on her head, and at one stage she just says to her, "You know, you really are rather beautiful." But, uh, that's your hair? <laughs> yeah. And then they carry on while she's left to just wonder. <laughs> Ponder that, yeah. yeah. In the grand Hollywood movie bit, um, he has a great 50s walk where she mm. she, she goes off and he's got that sort of, like, dr- foot-dragging swagger. Mm. It's fucking great. It's p- kind of what Gene <laughs> Kelly did for the rest of the movie, but it's, uh... <laughs> just really cool. Then the yeah that the anti comedy sequence of, of this where it's just them getting out of cars constantly. Um, yeah. every, every time there's a reveal of the costumes, it then comes up on the screen with mm. a lush budget production, but it's budget with two yes. T's like budget, and uh, yeah. and then it's like a a lush lush budget piece costume uh, costumed by lush budget, and then the very last one is written direct written directed and produced by lush budget and yeah. For me, that shifting of lush budget from a like an entity that could have been a company mm. to a person was yeah. really like I'm I'm pretty sure lush budget has directed most of the uh, history whole movies we've done, <laughs> at, at least the ones that were self funded by oil tycoons, um, <laughs> and yeah, for me as somebody who's seen <laughs> like the, the shitter versions of all of these, it kind of yeah. felt like it's pretty relatable. For me, lush, lush budget. Yeah, fuck me. That we really have ruined your potential impression of Hollywood in the nineteen fifties with this podcast. Yeah, <laughs> look, I've seen M. It's not Hollywood, and I don't need to see anything else. <laughs> it's not Hollywood. I'm pretty sure it's from the thirties. But the important thing is that we all learned a lesson. It's in the past, Paul. That's it's as in the past. Going to get exactly along with Fight Club. 
in that sequence, I did enjoy the fact that all of her surnames are visible. Um, yes. Like, in her credit, she has all the names of the husband she's accrued so far. And one last thing before I come out of the Robert Mitchum era yeah. is um, the fact that they horrifically photoshopped Robert, uh, Robert Mitchum's adult face onto a small boy with a dol- donkey <laughs> in uh, a shot in which she learns about his farming past. Uh, yeah. That was... Uh, I enjoyed that. That's pretty good. That's uh, junior levels of uh, wizardry. <laughs> uh, the the end of the the lush budget production bit, mm. the final scene of it, the text that comes up onto the the screen in time with the music is, and this is the end of a, and then lush budget production, huge musical crescendo. <laughs> yeah, and uh, sort of too many cooks feeling. I think at, at that point. Yeah. Um, <laughs> just 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 managed to push it that little bit more into complete silliness. They do a similar thing to that in the new Sparks documentary by Edgar Wright in cinemas now. Check it out. Check it out on my recommendation. Tell them Paulie sent you and Mm. they'll escort you away from the cinema. (laughs) You'll save money that way. (laughs) Cinema's a scam. We're not having another one of these. Here's people shitting here again. Every time. God. So, um... Oh, Gene Kelly Kelly sings immediately when he's introduced and I love him. Yeah, can't resist. Uh, Cut, cut, Gene. Can we do that again, but... Speaking it like the script says. <laughs> no, Gene, Gene? Never. He's tapped Absolutely dancing. never. They had to dub him out in um, The Young Women of Rothwell. Yeah, so the, the dance number probably isn't amongst his best, but it is lovely and it's very charming and yeah. it's uh, uh, very evocative of, you know, his golden golden age, which at this stage he was just a little bit past. Yeah. Da, 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 da. That, that, that musical number gets a bit horny halfway through, I think. <gasps> oh, It's a bit, it's a bit uh, naughty, to I think. To be honest, the, the film was fairly horny. Yeah. Most of that's Shirley MacLaine. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh... but horny, horny old Shirley MacLaine. <laughs> Hornier, she fucking, gets hornier with every year. She fucking loves it. She does. Oh, she absolutely oh, does. Out of control. Out of control. It's 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 indisputable, indisputable, and undisputable. <laughs> Actually, it does lead on to my next thing because the surreal quality of Shirley MacLaine's sunbathing, entirely in a pink landscape. Yes. Just the kind of flesh tones of her body set against this bizarre pink. Yeah. I don't know if he said he he gets obsessed with the idea that all of his house will be pink because his name's so Pinky Benson everything. or something. Yeah, his name's Pinky Benson. He says, "I want to know everyone to know where Pinky's house is." Yeah. Um. So he just paints everything pink, and she yeah. goes out sunbathing, and it's just bizarre. It's a great set. It's, yeah. It really is. There's something about noticing the muscles on Sh- Shirley MacLaine during the dance mm. number. It just <laughs> you forget how physically fit performers had to yeah. be back then, because all the CGI. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> before before they could just CGI the calf muscles in, um, <laughs> and then cut away from them. Uh, you yeah you had to be able to just do a whole bunch of things aside from act <laughs> of course you know Paul Giamatti can act as though he's dancing he doesn't have to dance mm. he can just act it yeah so it's, that's that's how you get around <laughs> oh, yeah. it nowadays better actors fuck yeah <laughs> it's gonna shock you it's from the psychiatry sequence yeah. it's um a line of Shirley MacLaine's and yeah. it's at the end of the entire film after all of the entire story the saga has been laid out yeah. and she says well you haven't said anything for the last two husbands yeah, okay yeah <laughs> That's good. I like that. That is good. I like the line <laughs> yeah. of the, the doctors. Well, that's a very strong emotion, hate. Say, you know, I think... For... Wait a minute, what do you expect of me? Instant analysis? Mm. Don't know why. There's <laughs> just something about the, the, like, the fury with which he says it as well. Yeah, I like that line, but he, a lot of his comedy is the very Jack Lemmon thing of, um, yeah. well, sure, that sounds reasonable to me, but hey, wait a minute. Who's selling who a watch here? <laughs> why, yeah, yada. Yeah. <laughs> when she's getting out of Paris after uh, losing her hunky Paul Newman, uh, mm. we cut to a plane 
like uh, departing on the runway and a car racing after it screeches on the runway she gets out and starts running towards it and it leaves and she turns around to the guy who got out of the car with her and goes I was here an hour early and you kept me sitting in that car saying don't worry you'll hear the announcement and the like, obviously the yeah. implication of them screeching after it was that they were late yeah. and they were trying to catch yeah. you know on the, at the end just this, this, the, the stupidity of <laughs> them just being <laughs> sat in the car like yeah. a few meters away for ages it was great the clown show from Gene Kelly was fucking great. It's just it was a really weird oh, slow yeah. performance, but he's, he's yes, and he's so <laughs> garishly made up in this lovely restaurant that the yeah. the, the, the juxtaposition of all of that was really hypnotic. Um, I I, I really like the mum Shirley MacLaine's mum. She was just really oh yeah outspoken and loud and just had had a had a few things, especially like her reaction when Shirley MacLaine confesses to marrying Dick Van Dyke. Mm. It's true, mother. I've married Edgar Hopper. Yeah, I thought it was it was overbearing, intentionally so. On the date she goes on with Leonard Crawley at the beginning, the first thing he says to her, well, the first thing he says is, put it right down next to mine, baby. I'm like telling her to take a seat. And she goes, gee, that's good. I wish I'd said that. And then the next thing yeah. he says is reminding her that her mum is due a payment on a fridge that she bought from Leonard Crawley. Yeah. Which is, which is good. <laughs> it's good establishing of I'm an asshole. Yeah. And then, yeah, my, my last thing then is when Pinky Benson is uh, dictating to his cronies everything that he wants to happen. Oh, no, it's actually in the will reading, I think, um, uh, that he wants uh, this Pinky Benson museum that'll be 100% pink, um, with oh, the yeah, exception yeah. of a giant gold replica of my larynx. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which is a, is a very good line. It's a very silly idea and uh, quite yeah. evocative. <laughs> uh, good stuff. Yeah, that's it. Brilliant. Well, there you go, then. That is... Um, at long last love, what's it called? <laughs> that is um, long last a way to go. A way to uh, what a way to go, and it's it's a lovely film, and it, as you've heard, there's so many great moments in it. Yeah, we highly recommend checking it out. Yeah, I really would. What well, what about the OG team? What do they have to say about all this? Oh my something god, incendiary, I imagine. Probably, probably something a bit risque, a little bit offensive. I I would say. Uh oh. Um, they don't care who they offend the OG team. I love it about them. Oh god, it doesn't care. They don't care who. They don't care why or what. As long as they offend, that's just that's, yeah. they're raison d'etre. They're provocateurs, to use a similar French Pro- word. Provocateurs. Provocateur. Chiaroscuro? Probably. Probably. To bring Italian in it just for one goddamn minute. Someone's got to. Um, and that yeah. someone is Mark Reed, because he got in touch on Patreon, motherfuckers, to Fuck tell yeah. me to tell us about the good things. Uh, so let me what just... a sexy mode of communication that is. Oh my god, what a wonderful elevates you in our opinions sort of mode of communication <laughs> gotta stop joking about that because people will probably just stop listening to us yeah they'll stop listening to us immediately <clears throat> they've been looking for it i i have yeah i have <laughs> it's for the best uh, i'm not fucking signing up to our patreon jesus jesus get enough i get enough of us all day get off my that's bag. right we live together yeah paul doesn't know it <laughs> no <laughs> but i've always i've always felt it man <laughs> says mark reed i love this movie and i'm not sure that i should nah. From the drug-munching therapist <laughs> to the golden mechanical arms. It's not my thing, but yeah. it, even I recognise that the costumes are fantastic. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's all true. i got to say, I, yeah. I enjoy this movie quite a lot. And uh, I thank yeah. you, Mark Reed, for bringing this into my life. And for being a lovely patron. Yeah, and for having patron. a great name. And for being a great dude. An all-round winner. Yeah. I would say of Mark Reed, it seems to me. I, 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 it's what I can gather anyway. It's what I can ascertain. 
Oh, absolutely. No yeah. reason to suspect otherwise. Anyone, anything else from uh, the wonderful, glistening, sexual OGT, no matter what mode of communication they're coming yeah. at us through? Or what level of payment? Even, even if it's just a, the regular episode, people. I actually love you all. Um, but no, nothing from any of them, those fucks. I actually kind of respect you all. Like, yeah. In a dirty way, you know? I respect you all way more than I do myself or Paul. <laughs> and that's true. <laughs> that's true of most things, but it's yeah. especially true of, of the OGT. OGT. One better thing. Uh, it's this for me. It is this for you. Yeah, fair enough. I would just say other J. Lee Thompson films, the ones I mentioned earlier, but in particular, a film called Yield to the Night, which mm. is the opposite of this. It's a very dark and disturbing crime drama. It's a British film. It had Diana Dawes in it. Mm. And it's a very kind of fairly bleak, but very engaging kind of movie. She has killed a woman. Mm. We don't know why, but she has killed a woman and she is on death row for this. Mm. There's the possibility of a uh, reprieve and it's just about her weeks spent building up to the possible execution. And it's just stunningly existential. I mean, my God, I got real Albert Camus, The Outsiders vibes watching this. Just the Mm. things that she thinks about and the way she reflects on her life in this very dramatic way it's really quite extraordinary it has the worst poster (laughs) i've possibly ever seen my god it's just amazing the way that they decided to market this in america first of all they decided to call it blonde sinner that the the tagline reads here she is diana Dawes." yeah jesus christ how misleading because this is a very terse but also Mm. really quite beautiful movie about the value of human life and it was 1956 and yet very strong argument for getting rid of the capital punishment which we did 10 years later wow because of this film because of this film they i bet (laughs) i'm a historian so yeah check out that check out all of jaylee thompson's stuff even the the bronson stuff is probably a laugh (laughs) <laughs> I know that Death Wish for the crackdown is. The one better thing. But how can people find out less about Charles Bronson and more about the Pauls? You just got to wake up. You just got to go outside, sheeple. It's got to look up at the sun, not for too long, but long enough to know that you're being lied to by the powers that be. And uh, yeah. and those powers that be don't include us. So you've got to listen to us because we were there when it all started. <laughs> uh, we're the- powerless. And therefore trustworthy. Flat Earth, Wall of Ice, uh, all the all the rest. <laughs> yeah, we've heard of them. Song of I- Song of Ice and Fire, all of it. Yeah. Oh, not his best. <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, if you want to get more of those great opinions, uh, some of those world <laughs> world shattering, ultra worthy opinions, <laughs> well thought out, thoroughly researched, delivered straight to you, the sheeple from <laughs> from the Paul Paul. Well, you can say people and spell it P E O P A U L. We found a new brand of male beneath Sigma male, the Paul. <laughs> <laughs> it's the sigma we're, we're, we're too we're too manly and too straight for for classification um <laughs> you can log on to twitter and facebook ogt pod where you you get plenty of uh cock destroying memes uh week in week out <laughs> i don't know you whatever sure any of these words mean it, it's whatever you it's, want guys it's all very frightening i don't know i like to watch movies from the 50s and 60s <laughs> where things made sense where women and were women <laughs> and men were largely drones intended to produce uh, to sustain the economy and how that's changed <laughs> it sure has what's its face i'm paul buzz i'm what's its face <laughs> remember the one good thing about a long last love i'm never gonna remember this the one good thing about what a way to go is just the singing dancing joy of the bloody thing cucks <laughs>